from the Sydney Morning Herald. Adam Pengilly, good morning. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. A big day with the Epsom, the Tab Epsom barrier draw taking place, and it looks like the weights will need to be raised a touch. Yeah, common occurrence, isn't it, Jerry? When you get a situation like this, a lot of these horses that were initially weighted in the top of the weights won't be running, including like Zaki, I'm Thunderstruck, uh, Montefilia, Snapdance, obviously heading towards the Everest, and Mr. Brightside, which means that Top Rank's probably going to carry top weight along with Converge at this stage. Uh, we know how good he was winning the Bill Ritchie there first up. I've got a huge opinion of, a huge opinion of him as a horse, and I think his race sets up really nicely for him. So I don't think that weight will stop him. The weight's probably fairly compressed anyway, given the given the scale and the weight's having to be raced and. Uh, raised and he'll be a, a legitimate chance of winning another group one there on the weekend. I see Fireburn, she's going to back up in the flight stakes. Yeah, not 100% confirmed yet, Loz. I had a chat to Gary Portelli late yesterday and he said that she didn't eat up completely on Saturday night after the Golden Rose. So just wants to see how she comes through the night and into this morning and he wants to see a bit of improvement. His words to me were she's probably about 50-50 at this stage and he'd love to run her in the flight stakes this week given how good she was in the Golden Rose. Just stepping back to that Phillies grade and out to a mile looks like a really lovely race for her, but he wants the horse to tell him first. Otherwise, she might be off to the paddock. So... If you're backing, I uh, want to back her in the all-in markets. I'll just hold off just a little bit until his final field to clear a little bit later today and see what Gary's got to say um, after he sets it this morning. There's a bit of rain around too, so if she runs, yeah, you think she'll, she'll firm up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And she, she was great there again in the Golden Rose on the weekend on a, obviously a surface that was drying out. So I know we talk about this Golden Slipper curse and these winners of the Golden Slipper can't really go on and kick on with it as, as a three-year-old, but I think a couple of runs back so far this campaign showed that she's still right in the mix. Alligator Blood on the third line of betting for the Cox Plate at $7. Enemo $3. Zaki at 6 What did you take out of that Underwood Stakes at Sandown on Sunday? Yeah, he was so tough, wasn't he, Jared? Alligator Blood. And it's going to be one of the stories of the spring because Gay has still not won the Cox Plate so far in her decorated and distinguished career. It's one race at the Luda along with the Australian Derby. And he potentially is looming as her best chance in a very, very long time. I think a lot of people that started the campaign with it, oh, there's no way Alligator Blood can measure up in a Cox Plate and stretch out to 2,000 metres. But the more I think about it, the more that sort of tight-turning track at Mooney Valley and him slingshotting off those bends, he's going to be really hard to run down. So I think for me, that Underwood Stakes there on the weekend just confirmed that he's right up to his uh, eyeballs in a race like the Cox Plate. Zaki, um, expected maybe just a little bit more from him, Jared, if I'm being completely honest, but he's, he's still on track for the Cox Plate. But... Uh, Animo is obviously a ruling favourite at the moment, provided he comes through his issues after his last start in the George Main Stakes and all the word from the campaigns he's got over his lameness pretty quickly. He he deserves to be favourite. And I'm Thunderstruck as well, so obviously going to be right in the mix. But, uh, geez, I'm fascinated to see how alligator blood measures up in the clock's plate when we get there in a few weeks' time. Yeah, probably a best chance guy since... More joyous, he'd probably More have joyous, to say. Yeah, the oh. infamous, infamous <laughs> barrier. <laughs> Gosh, who could what forget? A, what chaos that was. That oh, unreal. Uh, did, were you at the Parramatta Media Day yesterday, or the Parramatta at Kellyville there to see all the fans? Yes, I was. Yeah, great day. Um, probably about 3,000 fans, and they all lined the fence. And um, Parramatta guys are great, Jared. They they signed a lot of autographs and hung around and engaged with their fans for, for a long time yesterday and conducted a lot of media interviews. Very interested to see how this plays out with his team selection. Uh, Tom Obchek did some run-throughs sort of to the side of the group yesterday. He got up to a little bit higher speed than, than what he would have last week, but I still don't think he's... I still think he's got a fair way to go, put it this way, to prove his fitness for, for the game on, on the weekend. And Bailey Simonson did such a great job as well, Loz, on, on the weekend. You'd be reluctant to, to change Bailey Simonson, wouldn't you? And it's a massive risk if a guy like Tom Opacek busts his hamstring in the first 10 minutes. Like Then your then you, whole bench rotation is thrown out. Yeah, I, I think he's got to be at least flying by Wednesday, Opacek. Yeah. He's got to be going and humming tomorrow. Otherwise, you can't afford to take a risk 
with him. And uh, from what I saw on the news last night and what they were saying in the report was that he sort of said to the, the physio he could feel his hemi. So if yeah. he could feel his hemi, that doesn't give you a great deal of confidence he'll be ready to go. But that's just a tough call you've got to make in grand final week. And I, I, I'm just interested to see who they actually pick in their 17, Parramatta. Mm. I'm fascinated to see whether Nathan Brown gets a, a recall or not. Well, we know how good Penrith are through the middle, Loz, um, and they're going to really need to muscle up in the middle. And Nathan Brown's that type of guy, isn't he? Um, you can play him for 35, 40 minutes, whatever you need to play him. And he just adds up that bit extra starch through the middle, and especially with the wet conditions around this week, Loz. Like it's obviously going to be a you know tough game in the in the middle. Do you do you drop a Bryce Cartwright? Do you drop a Jake Arthur? It'd be a massive call. But um, and Nathan Brown's been played NRL for what best part of two months now, isn't it? Mm, best part, yeah. I I, I don't know. I, I, it's a guy. It, it's you're second guessing a coach who knows the yeah. ins and outs of the playing group. There might be someone in that group that's carrying a bit of a niggling injury and. Mm. Um, you know, he wants that cover there for Jake to play half or, or hooker if something happens to a Reed Marnie or, or one of the halves. But I, I don't know. I, I I think I'd be tempted to go with the four forwards on the bench and use your Bryce Cartwright as the utility. Yeah, it's a big call, isn't it, though, Loz? You've just given his sons involved and everything like that. That's, that's Yeah, it's a, it's a massive call. Yeah, it is. It is. And you roll the dice either way. Um, you'll be criticised, um, mm. but everyone's got their own personal view on it. The thing that stands out for me, though, was their two victories this season have mm. come when Parramatta have used four interchange, uh, four big men on the bench in their interchanges when they've, mm. when they've beaten Penrith twice. Mm. Mm. And, yeah, I don't think Jake's done anything wrong in the limited game time he's got, but, uh, yeah, it, it, just, it might be one of those calls that just needs to be made. Thanks so much, mate. Have a good day. See you, boy.